Welcome to the Stewardship Leader Podcast, brought to you by the Christian Stewardship Network. CSN exists to encourage, teach, and connect church and stewardship leaders to help them create and lead healthy stewardship ministries in their church. You can learn more about CSN at christianstewardshipnetwork.com. Everybody, welcome to Stewardship Leader. I'm your host, Leo Sabo. And on today's episode, I have with me Dan Nicewonder. He is the executive director of Compass Minnesota. And you guys are familiar with Compass. They are a wonderful ministry that's created some great resources. And we're going to talk about one of those resources today. Charting Your Legacy is a small group study that they've developed that I've personally gone through recently. And uh, we really want to dig into this uh, content and tell you guys about it because I believe this is a great resource for your church and specifically for some people in your church uh, that you will want to connect with and you want to disciple. So this is a great, great resource for that. Dan, why don't you say hello to everybody and tell us a little bit about your role at Compass and a little about yourself. Thanks, Leo. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Uh, my wife, Lynn, and I have been on a 30-year financial discipleship journey, which really began when we were first exposed uh, to Compass Finances God's Way material back when we were in California in our early 30s. Mm. Uh, we had both come to know the Lord early in our lives, and uh, we both grew up in lower income families, which is kind of the code for your basically frugal out of necessity. Uh, but we also understood that giving was important, and so I guess we were kind of a, a little bit well-rounded from that aspect. Uh, and at the time we were there, our biggest financial issue was, uh, was a pretty healthy mortgage living as, in California, as you can imagine uh, you know, like most folks, uh, I think even in our 30s, we talked about retirement a bit. We talked about what it might look like someday, but it all of our conversation, it always was focused back on us and what did we want from a retirement standpoint. However, we, we took this first finances God's way study and it really, it, it rocked our thinking. Mm. It became clear to us that, uh, the, you know, this American dream that we think about, the American idea of retiring from the workplace and we go off and focus on ourselves, and we're on a beach or we're playing golf all day. You know, it's really not a biblical concept. And uh, we felt the Lord challenging us at that point in our lives to set our sights on something different, on the goal of being able to leave the workplace like that at some point in time, but at an early enough age that we had lots of useful years uh, ahead of us to serve the Lord in some sort of ministry, maybe it would be a nonprofit, didn't really know, but the, the, the goal and what the Lord really put on our heart was to do this and not have to draw salary uh, as we were serving. And so we wanted just to be able to be free to go wherever the Lord had us go. And along the way, we started leading small group studies from Finances God's Way. We've done Sunday school classes on financial faithfulness. Uh, we've spoken at uh, pastor's meetings on financial discipleship. And, and at the same time, we were coaching and mentoring people kind of who needed help in this area uh, along the way as well. And quite honestly, when we look back at, at our journey, we didn't have a plan that tied this all together. Uh, you know, we know that God does have a plan for each of us. And so we know that he had a plan, but we, we were simply serving where there were needs in our church. We shared what the Lord had taught us uh, and, and kind of what, what just seemed to come naturally to us, what the Lord had placed on our hearts. And after a few years, we paid off our mortgage. We started to really expand our giving and saving then. 
and, and really it wasn't around building bigger barns, so to speak, just to, uh, to store more up. We were really focused on being able to get to the point when we could be free to go serve the Lord and again, not have to draw a salary to do so. That was just something that he, he placed on our, our hearts in, in mm. our 30s. Uh, you fast forward another 16, 17 years, I suppose, and, and uh, we continue to lead studies, coach, mentor folks. Uh, we had started up financial discipleship ministries at all three of the churches uh, that we attended while I was moving around for work. Um, and at 55, Lynn and I felt the Lord uh, leading me to pull the trigger and, and leave the world of high tech. And to be honest, this was this was pretty daunting. Uh, mm. My mom and my grandfather both lived into their 90s. And so we're sitting here looking at this and going, man, this could be four more decades, right, in this position. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the Lord really placed that on our heart. And it was clear to us that, you know, okay, this is the time to leave. Uh, yeah. About a year after that, and that was around three years ago, the Lord led me to join Compass uh, as a full-time volunteer, as the executive director for them here in Minnesota, as you mentioned. And I've also taken on the role of the product specialist for charting your legacy, which is kind of what we're here to talk about today. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I love that testimony. And I was thinking as you were speaking, how many of us who have been through um, a charting your legacy or similar small group study, uh, the one that you mentioned earlier, I went through the same thing. Uh, gosh, <laughs> a little over 20 years ago, almost. Uh, actually, it's 19 years ago. It was in 2002, the first time I went through that small group study. And I wonder how many people have a similar testimony of how this yeah. small group study impacted them and how God had used that over the last 15, 20 years, whatever that is for each individual, and how many of us actually stepped out of what we were doing, what was our choice for a profession, yes. and either volunteered as a you know ministry volunteer in our churches to do it, uh, or simply just kind of left whatever we were doing and coming to this. Uh, that's certainly my story. Yours is similar, and I know a few of my friends have taken the same plunge and I just love, I love that testimony because it speaks to the power of a small group study around the biblical uh, principles of finances and how God uses that in our lives, how closely it ties to who we are as believers, our relationship with God, our relationship uh, to, to money, and how that impacts everything that we do. And uh, it certainly is powerful because it allows the Holy Spirit to speak into this topic that's so important to all of us. Money is an important tool that we've been given. And when we understand its purpose and how God wants to use it, then we are freed up to actually do the things that God called us to do. And so grateful that, that you are faithful to that and that you are in the role you are, uh, you're doing today, because I know it's serving people. As I said earlier in the podcast, I recently went through charting your legacy with a few folks. And, uh, even though I've, I've known this content and I've taught this content, I've created content over the last 20 years, it really did impact me in a new way. And, and I'll share a little bit more about that later, but I think it's such an important tool. This small group study is such an important way to really have a deep experience uh, with these principles. It's not something that you, it's not a video you watch. It's not an online course you take. It's something that you do with other people. So tell us more about charting your legacy. What is the study about? Tell us some, a little bit more so that our audience can understand the value that this has. Yeah, Leo, we've got, you know, several studies here at Compass, as you mentioned, uh, we've got studies that touch almost any aspect of your life, but mm -hmm. charting your legacy study, uh, we, we created this specifically for people that have a surplus. Uh, it might be a surplus of a little, might be a surplus of a lot, but these are the folks typically aren't 
you know, they're not living paycheck to paycheck. They're not necessarily overburdened with debt, as an example. And, and even from a world's perspective, sometimes they've kind of arrived, so to speak, mm. right? Mm-hmm. They've kind of gotten to the point where they're kind of self-sufficient and the self is, is probably a good indicator that, you know, that's a, that's a problem maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and I really think that this is an overlooked segment for churches today. Uh, people of means like this are not typically focused on to, to be ministered to, you know, outside of maybe fundraising, uh, we've got some project would you give to maybe, I, I think a good one is you, you find these people in finance committees, right? Uh, there, but there really typically isn't a ministry that focuses to help people like this navigate life when they have a surplus. But if you look around, you see how wealth can affect families, marriages, children, uh, our, our personal relationship with the Lord. It's clear that when you have a surplus, you need very specific guidance. And, you know, it's kind of difficult. You look around today and there's not a lot of role models of, of wealthy people that we can go find that have finished well today. We can find them, but they're they're kind of this unicorn thing here, right? And even mm. from a biblical perspective, there's very few examples of people finishing well who had a surplus. You know, we can maybe look at Job. Job's a great example, right? He weathered through all this and he was very, very prosperous. And from all that we know, he finished well. But there's there's not a lot of people like that that come to mind. And I think, you know, we look at people sometimes, and this is, this is the rationale that kind of goes through our head. We look at people who have a surplus and simply assume that they have fewer needs than other people do. But, you know, the Bible is just chuck full uh, of things that uh, point out the wealth and, and the dangers of wealth and the issues that it can bring uh, to a person and to their families. And our goal with this study is really to help them navigate through these so that someday they're going to be able to hear, you know, in the words of Matthew 25, 20, uh, 25, 21, well done, good and faithful servant. So that's, that's really the goal of this study. Yeah, I love that. And, and you're right. So many people do not finish well because wealth is, um, it can be anyway, at least the scripture tells us that it's, it's, it's very dangerous. Uh, we have to be very careful. Wealth has perhaps more than any other thing in life has the ability to directly compete with our affection for Christ and our commitment. Do we trust God or do we trust ourselves? Do we trust the gifts he's given us or the resources he's given us, or do we trust him? And we see that throughout scripture. We see Israel being blessed uh, abundantly and then them turning their back on God time and time and time again. So let's talk about that for a moment, because maybe somebody's listening today and not really understanding. Maybe they've never been exposed to these scriptures that talk about the dangers of wealth. So let's talk about a couple of those and why it's so important that this study or other type of discipleship content and resources should address this, especially for people who do have means. Uh, God has blessed them with more resources than perhaps they will ever need, or maybe even a little bit more than they need. It's so easy for any of us to fall down that rabbit hole, so to speak, and, and fall into that danger. So let's talk about that danger of wealth. Yeah, and I think your example of the children of Israel in the Old Testament, that, that's a, a perfect example. You know, as they entered the promised land, God warns them of, of the risk, right? They've come through 40 years. Now, their clothing hasn't worn out, their shoes haven't worn out, things like that. They're given manna and they're given meat and, and water. But he's telling them, uh, and this is in Deuteronomy 8, uh, and you can look through uh, verses 11 to 18. It, it says, take care. Lest when you've eaten and you're full and you've built good houses and you live in them, 
Uh, when your herds and your flocks multiply, your silver and gold is multiplied, all that you have is multiplied. In other words, they have a surplus. Mm-hmm. So, so take care when that happens, that your hearts be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God. Beware, it says, lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. And just remember the Lord your God. It's he who gives you the power to get wealth. And I mean, that's a, that's a really good example in the Old Testament. And I think a couple of, of, uh, of good ones in the New Testament, which come to mind, uh, again, all around the dangers of wealth. First one's the easy one. We maybe think of this anytime that uh, we ponder this question. It's with the rich young man, right? Matthew 10. He tells Jesus, hey, I have kept all of the commandments. What else do I have to do? And so that could be an indicator, right? When he says, well, what else do I have to do, right? That could mm-hmm. be an indicator that there's a maybe a humility problem there going on. But what does Jesus do? He replies back and says, oh, well, go ahead then and sell everything to follow me. And it just devastates this guy, right? He's mm-hmm. wealthy. And so what does he do? He simply walks away. And later on in, in, in Matthew 10, uh, 23 to 25, uh, Jesus tells uh, his disciples, well, how difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier, right, for the camel uh, to go through an eye of the needle. And why? is that it's because wealth distracts us to simply walk away mm-hmm. uh, and, and rely on those things. Matthew uh, 13, it talks about the parable of the sower, right? The first soil, we all know this one, right? It, uh, it's anybody who hears the word and doesn't understand it. The evil one comes and Satan just snatches it away, right? So this was the, uh, the, uh, the, um, uh, the seed that was sown along the path. And the second soil, it was sown on rocky ground. So we hear it. We receive it with joy, yet we've got no rooting, right? And so we endure a little bit, but all of a sudden trials, persecution comes up. Yep, we're out and we immediately fall away. Then if you skip ahead to the fourth soil, because this is the one that we typically talk about in verse 23, you know, and for what was sown on good soil, it says, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. And again, we, we typically focus on that because there's where we can see some results. But go back to verse 22 and look at that third soil. It says, as for what was sown, this is in verse 22, as for what was sown among the, thorn, uh, among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but what? And I read this verse dozens of times, I'm sure, but it never really clicked. This is the one who hears the word and the cares of the world and what the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfaithful. This is an indictment on the dangers of wealth and how deceitful it can be. And it's, a, I think, a really good warning to people with a surplus. It should also be a good warning to us that we have to help people this way. Mm-hmm. So if wealth, you know, brings an inherent danger to our relationship to Christ, you know, like you mentioned before, how do we help those people that have a surplus learn how to navigate through this from a biblical perspective? And this is really where charting your legacy comes in. Yeah, that's good. So let's dive into some of the content in the Charting Your Legacy so that we can help our listeners understand some of the content that's being offered, what the study will actually go over, because I think this would help, especially those who are in leadership position and currently serving in some kind of stewardship, discipleship role. How would they use this and what specifically in there could be useful and to whom? Because that's an important thing. Whenever we think about curriculum, 
we need to think about because one curriculum doesn't serve every single person. So we know that this one specifically is made for a certain group of people. So maybe you can touch on that a little bit more so you can identify or explain who would be best to go through this in your congregation. And then yeah. second, let's dig into some of the content and figure out what is actually being offered. How will this help people? Yeah. And, you know, it's it's really interesting because you're right. We, we don't have a one size fits all or we would have, uh, you know, we'd all be going through uh, in the church service, the teen study or something like that. Or what's the message to the uh, to the young marrieds and, and whatnot. But we don't. You're, to your point, we, we structure uh, uh, instruction uh, very specific to who is listening. And I, and I think in this case, I think that most of us agree or would agree anyway, that God's from God's perspective. If, if you think about leaving a legacy, it, it's a lot more than what we think about in America today. It's more than just leaving an inheritance to your kids, your grandkids, or maybe some distant relative or something like that, right? I mean, in essence, that's, that's kind of short term. So in charting, we, we, we help the person understand how they can finish well and leave a legacy that not, again, not only touches your family, but it influences families around the world in, in a way that you know, the impact is really uh, everlasting. It's, there's an eternal impact here. So in the study, we challenge a person to wrestle with some really gnarly issues. And, and some of these are really uncomfortable as you start going through them. Now, through this whole thing, you're not sharing, uh, you know, anything that you don't want to share. There's no financial data being shared or anything like this. But the issues are kind of gnarly for uh, an individual or for a couple to walk through. And, and some of it, you know, that we talk about is how much do I leave my kids and my grandchildren? How much, right? That's an mm -hmm, interesting question. Mm -hmm, yeah. Well, how about from a lifestyle standpoint? Should I be putting any limits on that? How much is enough? You know, when I've accumulated so much, at what point is that enough? How do I leave a legacy to my kids or my grandkids? That's in line with handling money God's way. Uh, and probably the most important one is how do I finish my life well? That, that's really the goal uh, of this study is how can I finish my life well? Uh, and the key to these topics is not what we hear uh, every day around us. Uh, I mean, we need God's pers uh, perspective through this. Uh, so we dig through just dozens of examples from scripture. We pull apart just dozens and dozens of verses that not only challenge a person, but they can encourage them as they unwrap and understand what God's perspective uh, is around money. And one of the ways that we do that is, uh, you know, we can help people understand what Paul was talking about in Philippians 4, 11 to 12. Philippians 4, 11, 12 says, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I've learned, keyword there, the secret, so it's not obvious, of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And I think too often we look at this and we see the part that's focused on when you don't have much, right? I mean, mm -hmm. well, you should just be content with what you have. But Paul said he had to learn to be content in not only that situation, but when he had a lot as well. And this says that contentment, first of all, it doesn't happen uh, uh, simply with our circumstance. You know, the old, boy, if I just had a little bit more, I'd be content. You know, that it simply isn't true. And in fact, I would suggest that, that having an abundance and being content is really, really difficult uh, for, for most people, if not all people. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that's probably one of the 
most impactful part of the study for me was, and I think it led me there very strategically. So I love the way the content is laid out because it starts out with the typical uh, transfer of ownership, right? Who yeah. really owns the stuff? You know, you might be tithing, you might be believing that everything belongs to God, but what does your actual checkbook say or your bank account? Does it really confirm that, that that's actually true for you or is it just something you say as, a, as all of us do? You know, we believe things, but we don't always act as if we believe them. So yeah. it brought me right back to, you know, 20, almost 20 years ago when my wife and I sat through a similar study that was more on just basic financial uh, study, the navigating uh what was it called? Remind me. Yeah. Yep. Navigating your finances God's way. Yep. Perfect. That was it. So when we went through that, I remember her and I sitting down and walking through that quick claim deed where yes. you you literally say, here's all the things that I have, all my possessions. I remember we listed out our kids on there. We listed my yep. wife was at that time was going through college to get her teaching degree. She had put down my future job. All of it belonged to God. We knew that. And then at the end of that, we signed it and said, God, it now belongs to you. We, we are giving it back to you and we're just going to steward it. And that made a tremendous difference in the way we saw everything from that point forward, the way we thought about our lifestyle, the way we thought about, you know, how much is enough. Uh, it was then that we started to actually recognize there was margin, uh, that we could actually have margin. And then we got a, a raise or my wife started working, which we were living on one income prior to her beginning to work and of course also paying for college expenses at the same time so we had margin to take care of those things but then once those expenses went away and our income grew because now we had a second income we found ourselves only really needing about 50 percent of our income so now because we had done this exercise it helped us to then think well we have enough so what do we yeah. do with the surplus and so it's really, it really changed everything for us in the way we started doing things. But here I am, you know, 20 years later, taking the same course, basically, of course, a lot more robust, a lot more with a lot more experience and life experience uh, right. under my belt, so to speak. And yet I'm faced with the same question. Who does it belong to? So I literally went back to my budget over the last, I have a software that shows me the history for the last 12 years. And I literally looked at the overall since the beginning how much have I given? How much have I spent on housing? How much have I spent on food, entertainment, whatever? And I had to look and say, does this reflect that I do believe that it all belongs to God? Or, or is it mostly about me? It's a really interesting point because every study that I start for Compass, I ask people, well, who believed God owns it all? Everybody raise your hand. In fact, mm -hmm. I would contend you could ask that in most Christian churches today. Hey, show of hands, who believes God owns it all? I think 99.9% .9 of the people would raise their hand. But when you really, really think about it, does God really own that? Does he own that? And you start putting pencil to paper to kind of, to your point, you list these things out. I think that's where it starts to, to kind of hit home. I really do. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then, of course, as you get through the content, it talks about lifestyle. It talks about how much is enough generosity. Yeah. And that's another one that really challenged me because my wife and I have made a point to always, you know, we've always tied since, since the beginning we've tied. That's never been really an issue for us. We see that in scripture and it's something that we do not because we have to, because we want to, it's an, it's a response to God's grace in our lives, not a requirement in order to say we check the box. So that's never been an issue, but we've always given above that, but that's always been different. 
uh, and it is it is a challenge because there's different times in life where you feel like I need to be saving more or where you have different expenses like college tuitions and those kind of things. So it, it's a it's something that I feel we need to continue to come back to. So I love this study for that reason because it does really challenge you no matter how far advanced you are in your stewardship journey, the issue of generosity should be front and center. You should always be challenged to allow the Lord to speak uh, in that area of your life, not something that you become programmatic or, or um, you know, just a process that you go through. I give 20%. That's all I do. Well, no, because if we go back to God owns it all, then he could trump that 20% to 50% or whatever he, or you might just go back and say, oh, I just want you to give 10. That's it. So it always has to be something that, that God directs. But then as I got that down toward the end of the study, the finishing well, is where I really was challenged because I thought, man, I've been on this journey for 19 years. I've taught probably thousands of people over the years through classes and coaching and different aspects. And it challenged me to say, you know, am I on the right track to finish well? You know, when I stand before the Lord, can I actually say with confidence that I've done everything that he's called me to do? Not perfectly, but intentionally. And uh, it just made me refocus that. And, and I love that part of the study because it does bring you to that place where it makes you really look at, am I actually living this out? And am I intentional about the next 15, 20, 30 years, whatever I still have left? Yeah, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a study that it, it really cuts to the core. It really does. And all of our studies, to your point, we all start off, every one of them starts off with, well, this is what, as a foundational step, this is what God's part is. This is what our parts is. And then we go into the specifics of whatever that study happens to be. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if you can't ground it on that, it doesn't matter what else the study is going to be like. Yeah. You have to come back to that as a foundation. Let's talk about some of the practical exercises. There's one part of the study that I think is very, very beneficial because it's it makes you kind of not just read the information, but then say, okay, well, what are you going to do with the information? It's one of the things I love about these studies that Compass has done over the years is that it's not just about information. It's about application. So what are some of the practical uh, exercises that are required or encouraged in the study? Go over a couple of those. One of the sections of scriptures that we dig into, Leo, is 1 Timothy 6, 17 to 19. And this tells us to instruct those who are rich in this present world to do good, be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future, not necessarily so that they are living a high lifestyle here at all, but it's so that they can take hold of that which is life indeed. And this again points to this learned process, and that's targeted to people with a surplus, this particular verse here. And, and if we believe what Christ said about how difficult it is for those to have wealth to find God, it's going to take some time and some work for these uh, people that are in this category to learn how not to be bogged down with the things of the world. And so, you know, the, the study itself is, is pretty flexible. We, we meet uh, seven times, basically. We start with a kickoff and then we uh, where we everybody gets a chance to, to share their story. And then we've got six chapters that talk about a various uh, list of, uh, of topics. Uh, you can do it as a couple. You can do it one-on-one. -on -one, you can do it one-on-three, five couples, really whatever number that you want. Uh, you can meet weekly, every other week, even monthly. Uh, and you can meet in person or on Zoom. Zoom seems to be really, really uh, good, especially as we went through uh, the COVID situation. This became a very, very good way to go off and do a small group study. 
And then, you know, each one of the chapters, it, it follows the same process. We start out with a memory verse. And so we're committing to heart a section of scripture uh, each time that we're together. There's daily homework that's uh, done prior to the group getting together. And that takes maybe 10 or 15 minutes today. And then uh, to your question, we've developed some very practical application ex exercises that they really stretch you. And uh, some of those, you know, they're pretty thought-provoking questions. And we use the study as a framework to guide them through scripture to answer these challenges. You know, we work through things such as what should my lifestyle be? We talked about how much is enough. You mentioned a, a journey of generosity, right? What should my generosity journey be focused on? I mean, is it the 10%? Is it the 20%? Is it the 90 or the 80%? And that's going to be different for me than it is for you, than it is for anybody else that's, that's listening. It's what does God have in his plan for you there? And then we outline very specific practices to help them finish well. And, and you know, these are really meaty topics, uh, but the participants work on them after we've covered a foundation of what the Bible says about each of the topics. So it's a very thought-provoking process that is something that they can follow, and it's not so complex that they get lost, and it's not so simple that they simply just check the boxes and go on. It takes a while to go through this and it, and it really helps you work through some of these gnarly issues. Yeah, I agree. The study is definitely not a light study. Uh, so, yeah. so that's just a warning for everybody listening. This is something that it's worth the effort that it's required in order to do this well. I understand the challenge these days of getting people into multi-week type of studies and some of the way we communicate today is so quick and everything has to be three minutes or less video format. But honestly, I, I don't know of a way to gain the wealth of knowledge and experience and everything that you need in order to make sure that this area is well addressed in your life without going through something like this. And, and I think what I love about it the most, even though it takes time, is that it's not something I need to do in one sitting. It's again, the study is done over six week period, but every day, maybe during my quiet time or before I go to bed at night or first thing in the morning, I could spend that 10, 15 minutes answering those two, three questions and then set aside maybe 20 yes. minutes. And I know one of the options is to actually listen to the notes section instead of reading it. You can listen to it. That's an option to listen to it audio wise. So it's, it's easy enough to go through. You do have to commit time to it. It's not something that's just going to automatically happen for you. Nothing worthwhile is that easy. Uh, so this does take effort. We definitely want you listener to understand that but I also see a tremendous amount of depth that can happen through a study like this. So if you're like a pastor or you have a volunteer team, I think this is a great content. If I had this 15 years ago when I was serving in full-time ministry and training volunteers, I would definitely use this with them uh, because I think it would take them to that depth that I wanted them to have in order to fully understand what this ministry is really about. It's not about money. It's not about how much money we save, how much money we give. It's about being a disciple of Jesus. And this takes you exactly. to the scripture to give you a deep understanding of it so that when you're speaking from it, you're really speaking from that word of God. You're speaking from truth, not your own understanding or even your lack of experience. If you're new to this and you're not going through something this deep and fully understand the biblical principles, this will take you there. It'll challenge you to really yeah. assess everything. So even though I do think this would be very valuable for really anyone, I also think it'd be valuable for two specific types of people. One, if you're serving in ministry in some aspect or have volunteers that, that could benefit from this, that would be a great 
uh, way to use this resource. Of course, with the leadership team at churches, I think a pastoral team or a group, you know, a, a church team to go through this would be tremendous because it would give your church staff that depth of understanding of how finances play into our Christian walk. And uh, it would give them that depth that they need to be able to speak from it, not from, do you need financial assistance, but what's the bigger issue here? How do we address the discipleship issue? Yeah, exactly. And how that staff can then minister to uh, this sort of uh, congregation of people. Right, right. And then I, I guess the last group would be then obviously those in your church who are in their perhaps later years or just in that season of life where you're you know, maybe you've gone through and have been financially successful. Maybe you've had a great career. You're looking at potential retirement or at least a slowing down. Maybe you step down from a full-time role to more of a mentor or consulting role. And you do have those resources that God has blessed you with. Or you may be the pastor who's ministering to those people. Uh, this would be a great study for them. Dan, did I miss anybody else? Who else do you think this would be great for? Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, you know, what's really interesting is I, I led a group of financial advisors uh, through a study uh, mm-hmm. on charting your legacy. And one of the people that joined us, there was, uh, I think, uh, six or seven advisors. So they were typically, uh, they were dealing with people of means every single day. Uh, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they were all, you know, fairly, fairly well off. Uh, there was a, uh, a person who was part of crew that uh, Campus Crusade, right? Crew mm-hmm. that uh, mm-hmm. was uh, in the study with us. And this person was really a missionary. So they didn't have much income. They didn't have much. In the end, they said, this is the best study I have ever taken. It gave me so much foundational information on what I can do with what I have that they were just grateful to to be able to go through the study. So I think it's really, it's good for anybody. It's targeted for this, but it's the word of God, right? All scripture is given for inspiration and with inspiration for for correction and, and uh, for us to learn from. So mm-hmm. I think it would be good for anybody. There, there's a handful of folks that it would be the best for. So yeah, agreed. Well, Dan, thank you so much for for just coming on and, and sharing the, a little bit more depth about the study. We actually did a review on this uh, that you can find on ChristianStewardshipNetwork.com, just outlining a little bit more of the benefits of the study. I encourage you to read that. I think it'll help with some of the content. Actually, we went through and. and outline some of the content that's in the study so you have a better perspective without jumping in and and purchasing it until you're ready. But Dan, I know that you guys have also made it easy for people to jump into the study and made even less expensive than it would normally be for them to just go individually. So tell us about some of the ways that you guys offer this, where people can go to engage with the study or potentially purchase the study and do it on their own. And then anything else that you want to share as far as the uh, this content? Uh, it's great. Uh, well, you can get a printed version of the study. So if you if you like hard copy uh, books, you can uh, get a printed copy of that off our website. Uh, you can also get an ebook uh, off our ebook store if you'd like, if you if you prefer the online studies. Um, and and I think it's important to know that the study material itself, it, it's really self-teaching because you're digging through God's word. And the facilitator's main job is really just kind of to keep the group moving along. And now, by the way, we also offer facilitator training uh, as well as there is a facilitator's guide uh, for charting your legacy to lead somebody through this as well. So we can make both of those uh, available. Uh, you know, if you're a person who's focused on financial ministries, to your point, uh, in your church, it, it, that would be a great place to start. Uh, so like a stewardship pastor. Or it might just simply be somebody that 
could be a business owner, could be an executive who might fit the target, uh, or it might be just somebody that's interested in this. You could ask them to investigate, or if you're a, even a smaller church, um, I think this would be really good of any size church. But if you're a smaller church, you don't really have those sorts of people to rely on. I think it'd be really good for the pastor and for that leadership team as well, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I think going through that helps the pastoral staff to understand the concept, not only of finishing well, but even more importantly, how can your church minister? And so I would be happy to talk to any of the listeners who are interested in this. In fact, I'll even give them an offer. Um, I will send them a copy uh, of the free ebook, a free copy uh, of Charting Your Legacy if they contact me before, say, the end of July. Uh, I'll make that uh, copy available to them. Uh, and uh, we can also help them understand how to go off and uh, either purchase a singles book or a couples book. We've got a kind of the easy button idea where we've got a bundle uh, where you can buy it for like three couples and and you get a bunch of other free stuff in there as well. And by looking at this, I think you're going to find that the amount of scripture that we pull apart in each chapter and each one of the practical applications, it just really hits home. So I'd be happy to talk about them as they figure out how to get something going like this. I can share with what other churches or other organizations are doing. And that goes for any of the compass studies uh, for that matter. That's great. Uh, but how do they get it going? And just as a reminder, there's never a charge for anything that uh, that I help anybody with. I'm simply here to serve. And so they can uh, go directly to, uh, I think you're going to put this uh, in the content as well, but you can go to compass, the number one.org, C-O-M-P-A-S-S, the number one.org. And you can look under uh, some of the study materials there to find it, or you can go to our ebook store, which is just compassebooks.org. And uh, again, C-O-M-P-A-S-S-E-B-O-O-K-S.org. And uh, you can put those uh, let folks know about that. And then my email uh, as well. I'd be happy to help anybody that's got an interest in this to serve. Well, I'll add the your email in the show notes, but just for those that are listening that may not be near a computer or something to uh, go ahead and, and tell us your email and I'll, we'll include that as well. Yep. It's dan, D-A-N dot Nicewander, just like it sounds, N-I-C-E-W-A-N-D-E-R. And that's at compass, the number one dot org. Perfect. Dan, thank you so much. Uh, this has been great. Uh, again, I've been, I've been through this study, so I give it my full endorsement. I think it's a great study for anyone, but I also think, like both of us have agreed, that this is a study that would be very beneficial for church staff, some well-resourced uh, uh, people that in your church. Uh, this would be a great study to help them understand how God wants them to use these resources. They were blessed in resource for a reason. And God wants to lead and guide them so that they can be fruitful, as, as you mentioned in the, in the scripture. Uh, we are called to be the 30, 60, 100-fold fruitful uh, for the kingdom, and this will give us the opportunity to do that. So, Dan, thanks so much for all you do. I appreciate your testimony uh, for what you're doing at Compass and all the great resources that you guys have produced. And uh, I look forward to connecting you next time. But thanks for being here today. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure, Leo. Thank you for having us on. And I want to thank you for listening to Sewership Leader. I hope this podcast and the resources that we offered through this, the Compass resources, are a benefit to you. Again, you can go to compass1.org to find out more about what they offer, and specifically this study, Charting Your Legacy. You can go to, to the shop section under category. You can choose legacy, and that will take you to that page where you can find the bundles and everything that Dan had mentioned. Also, check out our notes page for this podcast, and you'll have links that will take you directly there. And again, thank you for taking the time to be listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, would you do us a huge favor? 
rate and review this podcast. That helps us to have a better algorithm and it introduces this to more people that are out there looking for this specific type of content. And we would love to serve more churches and more stewardship leaders and church leaders that need to teach and disciple their people in this important topic of finances. Again, thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next time on Stewardship Leader.